Hello and welcome to the Catherine Plano podcast. We have a new format of the show and it's broken up into four parts. Moments of All, where I share actionable tips, strategies and coaching models that you can implement in your daily life for massive improvements. Tips from my pen, where I share personal insights from my morning pages. The Paradigm Shift blogcast, where you can now listen to our monthly themed articles. And finally, Purposeful Conversations with our Radical Shift series, where we have honest chats with change instigators, compelling creators, and interesting humans who are breaking the cycle of convention and redefining success one mission at a time. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of practical goodness. Today, we have another amazing guest for you, Executive Vice President of HeartMath Institute, author, speaker, business executive, Howard Martin, who is one of the original leaders who helped Doc Childer found HeartMath. In 1999, he co-authored the HeartMath Solution, published by Harper San Francisco, and was a contributing author for Heart Intelligence, connecting with the heart's intuitive guidance for effective choices and solutions. In 2019, he produced the HeartMath Experience, a learning experience that has been featured in film festivals, found on Gaia, Amazon Video, Apple TV, and more. During his career with HeartMath, he has been instrumental in business development and in speaking and teaching HeartMath's practical yet dynamic programs to thousands of participants worldwide in over 75 cities on four continents. He is a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, an exclusive organization made up of well-known authors and acknowledged leaders in the field of personal and organizational development. And he is a member of Evolutionary Leaders, an organization founded by Deepak Chopra, comprised of many of the world's most respected visionary leaders. Now, before I go, I would like to leave you with a quote from Doc Childer and Howard Martin. The doorway to fulfillment is in your heart. When you use your heart intelligence to shift perception and direct the flow of your emotions, you have the ability to generate and magnetize your own fulfillment. The longing stops and is replaced by appreciation. I'm sure you're going to enjoy this interview. Enjoy. Well, today I am super excited. We've got Howard Martin from the Heart Math Institute, and I'm super excited and really can't wait to get into this conversation. So welcome to the show. Catherine, thanks so much for having me. And to let me say hello to everybody listening wherever you are around the world. I don't know how many of your uh, followers are from Australia, but it's a country I've visited many times, had wonderful experiences there through the years, and it's been too long since I've been back. <laughs> Yeah, no. So what part of Australia did you visit? 
Let's see. I've been to Melbourne, Brisbane, uh, Sydney, um, Gold Coast, uh, Byron Bay. <laughs> covered a lot of them. Haven't been to Adelaide, haven't been to Perth, haven't been to Darwin, but I've covered a lot of the rest of the cities. You have. You've done the rounds. That's amazing. Beautiful. And you've been to some beautiful places in Australia too. Excellent. So let's get started. And I thought the way we could get started, Howard, is probably to uh, start with the basics. What exactly is heart resonance or heart coherence? Yeah, I think heart coherence is a, a key cornerstone of the work we've done here at HeartMath. Let me just say that coherence in, in general means order. You know, it means something that's in sync. A coherent conversation is, is a conversation that's synchronized throughout nature and throughout a lot of uh, the aspects of the world, coherence is demonstrated in a very organic kind of way, right? So in a coherent state, you know, we are more efficient. Uh, less energy is being wasted. You know, it's, it's a much more direct and aware consciousness associated with the concept of coherence in general. Many years ago here at HeartMath, when we were doing our first research on trying to understand uh, what the heart was doing physically that we didn't know, right? And we found, of course, that it was communicating. It's communicating a very vital and important message to the, to the brain and the rest of the body. And we began to try to quantify that. And we found out that there was an optimal state of that heart-brain-body communication, which was called heart coherence. And what we mean by that from a scientific or physiologic perspective is a state where all the body's major biological systems are synchronized to the ordered rhythmic beating pattern of the heart. That would be things like digestion, respiration, immune system response, hormonal response, brain function, all of that is synced. So it's highly efficient. It's all working together in a very organized way. And it's a very healthy, high-performance state. We also found that what triggered coherence was the experience of a sustained, regenerative, uplifting emotion. And they are, are interestingly enough, Catherine, emotions long associated with the word heart. It would be like love, care, compassion, appreciation, kindness, non-judgment. Those type of heart qualities engender this heart coherent state. So what's the big deal? Well, when we're in a heart coherent state, uh, a lot of things are happening inside the body. There's a set of, a, a few seconds ago that relate to physical health improvements in our physiology. It's a healthy, high-performance state. The signals that go from the heart back to the brain in a heart-coherent state open up higher perceptual centers in the brain. So we become smarter. We become more aware. Uh, from, a from a spiritual context, I would say this. When we're in a heart-coherent state, that's when we are open to and more receptive from that larger self that we have the more dimensional self, the bigger self beyond the personality uh, begins to integrate more with our humanness in the heart coherent state. So it is a very measurable physiological state that has a lot to do with our emotions and has a lot to do with, uh, with spiritual aspects of who we are as human beings. I love the way that you've just described that. And I'm just thinking from a, I guess, you know, from a day-to-day -day basis, how does one get to that? Because I know that if you think about it, we are very much driven by whatever goes on from a day-to-day -day perspective. And sometimes our emotions are all over the place. Uh, how do we get to that state all the time though? I, and I know a, a consciousness must play a big part to be conscious and present at all time, but that's easier said than done. That's true, Catherine, and it is difficult, especially in today's world. You know, it's a fast-paced world. 
we're all faced with many challenges personally, society, globally. Uh, it takes up a lot of our, of our awareness. And uh, we end up in places very often where we're not that coherent, you know, where we're sort of, you know, we're running with an unmanaged mind and uh, we're running from one thing to the next. We really, we've lost focus. The day's running us instead of us running it. And we all experience this, every single one of us, including me. So it's natural and normal uh, in modern life. But we can learn to bring in more coherence into our day-to-day activities. And there are techniques, some of them are in the HeartMath system. There are techniques in other forms and systems that people use. We certainly at HeartMath got a whole suite of techniques that are used to engender this coherent state. Uh, we also even have technology that measures the coherence that we're in and also trains us to become more coherent naturally. We call that increasing our coherence baseline. This technology helps us do that. It, it, it trains us to do it and measures it. Um, the technology is called the inner balance trainer, for example, that we have. But I think the most important way in which we bring coherence into our daily lives is a couple of things I'll say about it. First of all, it's making a conscious effort to actually experience some of those emotions that I just mentioned. Can we be more appreciative of the good things that we have in our life in any moment in time, rather than complaining about what's not going well? what's not right can we offer a little more kindness or care or compassion especially when we feel that there are people that don't deserve it (laughs) can we extend that radius a little bit or just in general interactions with other human beings can we just show a little respect a little care a little kindness they all begin to create more of a coherent nature within us and practice over time that does begin to change us it can be measured in changes in the physiology but more importantly, it, it changes our awareness. You know, we begin to think and we begin to feel differently. Now, to do that requires slowing down and pausing at different times in the day. We have to make a conscious effort to do that, to interrupt that rambling mind and all the busyness of our day. It doesn't take long to create a shift, but we have to pause first. We don't have to go off and meditate somewhere or take long walks in the woods or by the beach or someplace to do it. Who can do it in a driving in our car, in our offices, you know, before an important phone conversation, before an interview with Catherine, you know, <laughs> I walked outside and just took a minute, you know, said, okay, I'm going to talk to a lot of people right now and I want to be the best Howard Martin I can be. So let's pause for right now. Let's forget about the meeting it just ended or the one that's coming up. <laughs> let's be here. Now for these people with Catherine in this interview. So there are times that that we can do that. It becomes a matter of wanting to. It becomes a matter of sort of building a new habit to do that with. And heart math has simple techniques that help that. Uh, There are many, as I mentioned, techniques that we have, a whole suite of them. Some of them and most of them actually are designed to be used in the moment. To be used right in the midst of daily activity where it is actually needed the most. And there are others that are for specific things like decision-making or communication or for a spiritual practice. A lot of our techniques are designed to let's, let's bring more heart qualities into the moment. Let's increase our coherence and let's use that to then navigate the game of life. Yeah, I I am aware of uh, the shift and lift technique, which I've used quite a few times. And I think that's what I try to do is I, um, I overprocess or overanalyze. I'm very much a mind person. And mm-hmm. so it does take a lot of practice for me to drop into my heart. And yeah. I've been doing that, even just listening. When somebody's talking to me, 
I used to find myself having my own little conversation in my mind and just from placing my hand on my heart and dropping to my heart, I feel like I'm listening with my heart rather than listening with my ears and eyes. But that takes a lot of consciousness. And, and like you said, we, we are all living in a very fast pace. Mind you, we have slowed down a little bit over the last couple of years. I think that's what COVID has taught me anyway, to be mm-hmm. really centered and a lot slower in pace. Uh, but it's one of those things that I know people get caught up in things. And I love the fact that you've got some techniques uh, available, quick ones. I know everyone's always after a quick fix, aren't they, Howard? What did you say about a quick fix? I'm sorry. Everybody wants a quick fix. Like they don't yeah, want, they to want do a quick work. fix. That's right. Yeah. They want something to do it for them, you know, but there's, a, I think in these times, though, one of the, the shifts that we have to, 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 uh, I think recognize and acknowledge is that we're in a position now where we have to do it ourselves. There's not a lot on the outside that's going to really get us to that next level. It's an inside out job, but it's an opportunity. It's a great empowering position to be in. And the benefits are like from a self perspective, the benefits are massive from a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. It's massive, but even social let's go and let's expand a little bit when we are coherent, what does that do in our environment and the people around us as well? To answer that question, I'd like to, to bring another subject in. It would be the energetic communication that the heart makes. You know, because that impacts, you know, the field environment, so to speak, that we're in and beyond that, you know. But so here's where what we learned uh, a long time ago, Catherine. We learned that the heart, of course, first of all, we already knew, and everybody in medicine knew, the heart is an electrical organ. It produces electricity. When we go to a physician and the physician does an electrocardiogram, what did it just, what's the term even imply? Electro. They're measuring electricity being produced by the beating physical heart. Now, what science didn't know is that that electrical energy was producing a magnetic field that surrounds our bodies in 360 degrees. And actually measured with the most conservative instrumentation that you can measure magnetic fields with, it can be easily detected about one meter outside the body. And so this field is surrounding us, it's extending, radiating outside the body, and it's encoded with what we're feeling. Magnetic fields are enco- can be and are often encoded with information. A great analogy I'll give you and the listeners right now is this, my cell phone. My cell phone is producing a magnetic field. I can imprint that magnetic field with whatever I want. It can be a picture. It can be a text. It can be a phone call. It can be a lot of things. It then sends that information to another magnetic field at a cell tower, which goes down. So when I get a text, my my text is coming in, but it's coming from a magnetic field on someone else's phone being picked up in the magnetic field of my phone. Now, we're doing the same thing as human beings. We're encoding the magnetic field produced by the heart with our emotional state. When we're in a negative emotional state, let's just call it that, we're irritated, frustrated, angry, it produces an incoherent field. And guess what? We are broadcasting that. Conversely, the good news is, is when we're experiencing something different, let's say we're in a more appreciative or more caring mode, it also imprints that field and it becomes more coherent, more ordered. And we are radiating that as well. So there are, what, 8 billion of us now on planet Earth? All of us thinking and feeling all the time and all producing a field. So we have this big collective field. 
you know, it's a collective field of humanity, an energetic field produced by humanity. That feels in cons working in consort, communicating with the fields produced by the earth, you know, by nature, by animals, by the actual physical planet itself. All that's going on. We don't know it. We're not aware of it often, but it's happening now. Social coherence implies more order amongst larger numbers of people. And that's an important part of the next unfoldment for humankind. And that's one, where a lot of the research that's done here focuses now on social coherence. You know, what happens when you have a group of people, whether it can be a family or a school or a sports team or a company or a town or, you know, a state or whatever, when that, when there's more coherence in that field, a lot of cool things happen. You know, there's more cooperation. There's more understanding. Uh, it seems to open things up for more solutions to problems that sometimes don't seem to have solutions, but yet they do come. And so social coherence is an important part of what we have to begin to build more of as we move through this transitional time. The simplest way to say how to do that is something that our founder, Doc Childry is his name. We have a founder. He, he doesn't do public talks or anything like that, but he's the founder. And he actually says some things very profoundly, but very simply sometimes. And he said, the next key to human unfoldment is learning to get along. People have to learn to get along. To do that, we have to begin to drop some of the biases we have. Certainly have to work on the judgments we have. Uh, we have to begin to look for ways to reduce separation and bring about more harmony. As we do that, social coherence emerges. Now, the more people that begin to do that, the easier it gets for everybody else. Uh, it just works that way. It multiplies that way. So uh, a, a person or a small group of people can have a lot to do with creating or helping to create a more coherent state for others. And so if we take that responsibility, which I think someone like you does, Catherine, and probably many of the people who are listening to you, um, we take that to the next level and we make conscious efforts all the time to ask ourselves, what are we actually feeding the field? What are we feeding it right now? You know, am I being kind enough? Am I being understanding enough? I like what you said about the shift and lift technique. You use it for, com for communication. Are we really listening to someone? Are we listening to understand or are we listening to respond? <laughs> you know, as our minds slow down enough to really take in what they're saying, those little things, seemingly little things are actually very important and they produce more coherence in our field and more radiation through the heart's field that creates an environment that makes that kind of behavior uh, a little more prevalent and certainly easier for people to, to make that kind of a shift within themselves. So it's a big deal to me, social coherence. It's, it's the next step in human evolution. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I always say that if you're not happy with your results or your environment, I always say, look within, because, you know, we are constantly projecting into our environment. And so if we're not, if uh, we're not happy with the results of our environment, we need to shift the way that we are seeing it, the way that we are thinking, the way that we are feeling. And but, but but what I get, I still get a little bit of resistance. People still feel that that's probably too much accountability, let's call it. Yeah. They'd rather blame their environment and, and rather than own the results. So I think that, you know, I love the way that you describe it, but that also takes a shift in, um, I think, you know, when we're talking about, I agree with you about uh, we, well, the way I see it is we are one. 
And so when we're judging, we're judging by self. And I I feel that um, there's been a lot of separation over the last couple of years. And I think, uh, and this is why I was so excited about you coming on the show. How do we turn things around? How do we start being more kind? And, you know, I have a daily practice of gratitude. I always share that when we start shifting our consciousness into being grateful for what we have, we stop looking for what we don't have. So what would be some things that you would like to share with us, how we start shifting that mindset a little bit so we feel, so we're more, you know, we work with the collective. Well, let me say this, Catherine. All that I just said sounds really good, but there's a practical side to it of things you have to actually do. And that's where it gets tough, you know. It's like how often uh, I ask myself and I'll ask everyone listening, how often are you sitting at home, you're watching the news at night and you see these things going on about politics or something and you immediately go into judgment about how stupid they are, how you can't believe this and all that. You may not be seeing it, but you're feeling it on the inside, you know, and uh, everybody listening right now is probably saying, yeah, but that's okay because those people are right. Well, that's where we're drawing the line, you know, is when do we get to a more neutral place with that? We don't have to agree with what, let's, let's use politics. We don't have to agree with what various political groups and people are, and elected officials are doing or not. I'm not saying we have to agree with it, not saying we have to endorse it, but I'm saying we can't get to a place where we're not quite as judgmental about it. Where we're not hammering on these things so much. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know, the way that I, I verbalized what you just described is staying in my center. So staying in my center, and, and that could be staying in your heart center, not um buying into the stories and the narratives external i don't watch the news anyway because i'm really conscious about what i feel my my consciousness um but i think that it's also about that non-judgment is a big practice but it is a practice in itself so that we we can become more coherent and loving and kind well we're living in a polarized world highly polarized world right now so it makes it tougher you know polarization is a major aspect of the planet and the world and the consciences that we're in right now at the same time it's not all that way Uh, social coherence is actually on the rise i know it doesn't look like it we got wars going on we got separation going on we have all kinds of inequities that are happening all over the planet i get it and i have a lot of compassion for that and i pay attention to all of that Uh, but at the same time there's a lot of people that want more harmony they're coming together they're seeking seeking connection they are moving into new consciousness within themselves they are not as judgmental as they say you used to be. Uh, they are making an effort to put more love and care out to other people as they go through life. Uh, that's happening at the same time. And it's happening all over the planet. So it isn't that it's all that way and all that polarized. There are people making serious efforts to, 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 to reduce separation and to go to another level of acceptance of other people and situations and all of that. There's many lines I can give you like, you know, one I heard one time is that, you know, um, about how we judge people and all that. The line is this, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. I mean, you know, they got something going on. They got problems in their own life. Um, and we know nothing about that, yet we can easily judge them. Yet we know nothing about what's in the background, you know, what they may be challenged with. So examples of that. So, so I used a term a while ago called neutral. Neutral sounds boring, but it's not. It's actually a highly aware state that's not deciding anything. It's observing from a neutral place. It's not assigning a lot of emotion to the situation or the or the observation. 
It's not taking any particular action at that time. It's simply just being a neutral. It's a polished kind of a state, highly aware state to be in that place. And it's hard to do because the mind wants to jump right in and say, well, I know this and I know that, and it's that way. And I can see it that way. And I'm right because I know I'm right. And all that stuff is going on and turning in the mind. That's when we have to, to make an effort to shift to our own best friend where we can get the advice we need, which is our heart. In time, sometimes things do become more clear. And it doesn't mean, again, that we're accepting of everything. That would be idealistic. Um, in business, I can have a neutral attitude towards a business deal that's being proposed, or and I can also be doing an assessment of whether that's the right deal or not, or whether these people are people that I want to be in business with. And that's okay. But it doesn't mean I have to think that they're wrong or bad. I'm just saying maybe this isn't right for us. Maybe this is not the kind of crowd I want to hang out with. You know, that's a clean assessment coming more from the heart than from the unmanaged mind. Uh, this is jumping in there with my know what I knows, you know, about everything. So all this stuff takes practice. Yes. What do we do? Well, it's, it's, first of all, you want it, you know, you say, look, I want a more harmonious world. I want my world to be more harmonious. I'm willing to do a little to try to get a lot. And it becomes a matter of, of, of wanting to make changes, you know, wanting to heal the separations you may have with someone else. Uh, with the judgments you may be having that are ongoing and habitual in a way. And that would mean judging the same things the same way all the time, <laughs> you know, no matter what the judgment's going to override, whatever, you know, whatever you do. So it starts with wanting it. And then heart math again is a system of tools, techniques, and technology that helps with all that. But let me say this, there are many systems out there that are helping. So this isn't about having to do heart math to get there. This is about finding something that works for you. Finding something that makes sense, that can give you a little of that feeling inside of a more heart connected feeling, connecting with, you call it your center. Well, if you look at spiritual writings, if you look at things like the chakra system, for example, which center is in the middle? Yeah, the heart, the, the heart. bridge, the bridge. One in the middle, three above, three below, right? And so... That's your center right there. So connect with your center, connect with your heart, and let that be the guidance system that you use for how you navigate through these things. The last thing I'll say about this particular subject is as you do it, there's going to be times when you feel better about what you've done than other times. There are going to be times when your, your behavior does not meet your intention or your expectation. Uh, and you'll at times go through the feeling of you can't get it or that you're a failure or that you're not good enough that's part of the game too. So whenever that stuff shows up and you realize, you know, I, I went into this meeting or went into this conversation saying, I really wasn't going to judge him. And I came out of there mad as hell, you know, well, that's a time when the self judgment kicks in. So when you find yourself in situations like that, th the first step to take is to try to have some compassion for yourself, self-compassion, recognize you're a good person. You're doing the best you can. You're doing it in an often challenging environment. You're doing it at a time in history when there's more change happening and more in less time than ever before. Give yourself a little break there. Come back to your own center. Find that place inside yourself where self-compassion lives and experience some of that. That'll help shift back into the next steps and the next steps. And then who knows, maybe next week in the same conversation, it doesn't go that way. It can be that kind of an approach, I think. But self-compassion as we go through this together is, is an important aspect of it all. Mm, it is, isn't it? And it's, you know, sometimes it's, 
when I, when I think because I do a lot of inner critic work and shadow work and you know sometimes that's that's uh, a lot of effort you know I, I know I some of my clients go oh, Catherine I'm so tired of having to be conscious about having to work on this and and I always say be kind to yourself because eventually it'll become a habit but if at first it's like when you first go to the gym right you've got to work out your muscle and you don't really see a result but then over time it becomes natural it would become natural for you Howard right over time because you've practiced it yeah, absolutely. I'm not the same person I was many years ago. I mean, I'm, I think I've improved. I think I'm a better person than I used to be. And it's like, what happens is the appetite changes. I'm using that term, you know, like this emotional appetite, you know, it just feels so much better not to be judging that you eventually, it's not a discipline anymore. It's not a big work process. It flows a bit more. And then you'll find that you're just less judgmental in the first place. Then when they do show up, it's a whole lot easier to just sort of neutralize them and move on but it's an appetite change and mm, it's not yeah, hard because that's in the air right now, so to speak. I mean, it's like, that's the momentum. That's really the momentum that's happening in the world today. It's a momentum moving towards that type of consciousness. So you're just sort of catching the wave and finding the flow with all that. And it gets easier as you go. And then again, as I said, there'll be days when it, it doesn't feel easy, but there'll be plenty of days where it feels a lot easier than it used to. Mm, yeah I, I like the way that you described as well that there are a lot of even though there seems to be a lot of um havoc in the world the dichotomy of that there's also I hear a lot of communities get coming together mm -hmm. and collectively are starting to create new things there's a lot of um well I know in Australia I'm sure all over the world there's a lot of people that left have left corporations and have mm -hmm. really uh, uh become a lot more simple about life you know loving life are you having yeah. the same in california yeah of course i think there's many hundreds of millions of people around the world that are doing exactly these kind of things they didn't they're just leaving their jobs but they're changing themselves they're changing themselves in a different way and many have and they're making great contributions already uh so the social coherence movement so to speak has been happening and is happening it's not like it's something that i'm talking about that's going to happen it's going to increase but it's already happening. It's already going on. And, and the changes like that are, are going are, are in play. Um, sure. We all magnetize or draw to us more of the things that are more resonant with us and ourselves. But before COVID, when I was doing what I did normally, I was a hundred thousand mile a year flyer, you know, and that took me to a lot of places in the world as a speaker and author and those type of, uh, of roles. And I saw it constantly and I saw it in, in all different kinds of people. Um, and they weren't necessarily people that were had gone through the same overt spiritual practices that many people had gone through. They weren't necessarily meditators. They weren't necessarily into all that stuff. They didn't know, even know who Deepak Chopra or something was. Never heard of him, you know. But yet they were manifesting those qualities and how they lived their life and how they were treating each other and how they were treating me and all those things, you know. And I saw that constantly all over the planet, regardless of culture and even regardless of age. You know, so I kept seeing it over and over again. And I finally figured out that there's hundreds of millions of people on this planet that are playing this game, you know, and uh, it's, it, it was great to understand that because if you look at the problems that we have, that can be overwhelming. One of the things that I do find in people today is a sense of hopelessness. They don't feel like it's going to get better. They feel like it's getting worse. They have, you know, thoughts of an apocalyptic nature that's happening and they don't see any hope for humanity or for themselves or for a better world that's 
a hopeless feeling that they have, but it's that hopelessness is even being born from them actually seeing and wanting something else, seeing the possibility of something else and wanting that. And when they, they don't see it manifesting as fast as they want, it's easy to slide into those feelings that I talked about, more of a hopeless feeling. But the impetus for it all is still wanting something different. So as more and more people want something different, something different will happen. Hundred mm, percent. And you you were talking about um, with the the uh, I guess the social coherence, uh, uh, even like global coherence. What are your uh, thoughts around um, or your research around coherence with the solar flares, the increase of solar flares? Because that's all I'm hearing at the moment. Okay. Well, okay. So I mentioned earlier, we produce a field and I alluded very briefly, people may miss it, that, you know, that our field is interfacing with, with other larger fields, the fields of nature and the fields, I actually said of the earth itself. Right. So let me go back to that. The earth, our planet, physical earth produces magnetic fields. One of those is called the geomagnetic field which is created by the spinning of the iron core at the center of the, of the earth. And there's another one that works closely in consort with that field called the ionosphere. And those two fields provide a protective layer around our planet. They protect us from solar radiation, solar flares, cosmic rays, what I can generically call space weather. If those fields didn't exist, nothing that would be, that would look like life to us would be here, be a rock. So the fields play an important role in, in our world. And you can consider them maybe like a energetic ecology. You know. Now, the fields are constantly changing. And they change because of a, a number of things. We're not sure of all the reasons why, but we do know that changes in solar radiation impact the geomagnetic field, for example. We also know, not we heart math, but science in general knows that Changes in the magnetic fields impact human health and behavior. Our nervous system is like an antenna. It's picking these things up. Uh, there are frequencies produced by the human heart and brain that match some of the exactly the same frequencies in the ionosphere, for example. So there's an energetic coupling between us as human beings and these fields. So as the fields change, we go through some changes ourselves. And when a solar flare happens, uh, that's creating more energy, more stimulation in the field that's being transmitted to our fields. And therefore, there can be an impact on how we think and how we feel. Now, a lot of people feel a bit more irritated or that sort of uh, emotional state when there's been a solar flare. And that's real. At the same time, I'm going back now to the beginning of our conversation, Catherine, self-responsibility in a time of our own empowerment on that. We can learn to find a place within ourselves where we, that stuff has less impact. I can't excuse my behavior because there was a solar flare. I can't say to my wife, look, you know, I'm upset and irritated right now, but you got to understand there's a solar flare. She's going to go, yeah, great. When you get over it and let's come on back to the heart, you know, <laughs> not going to work. So solar flares, solar radiation, cosmic events of different kinds are impacting human health and behavior. There's a way to dance with all that. Uh, and it comes again from, really focus on our heart's intelligence, uh, using our own core, our own center to maintain a certain balance and poise in the middle of it all and let the solar radiation and solar stuff do what it does, right? 
but I think that there's a real impact and I kind of just explained how, you know, it's, 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 it's the energetic fields being impacted by the solar flares and the influence those energetic fields have on us, on our, our nervous system, on our heart and our brain functions, things like that. And, you know, it, it could be, obviously, the environment plays a big part. And then it is up to us because obviously cosmically there's an influence and then it's up to us, what do we do with this influence? And we could look at it in, in it's the meaning. I always go, it's the meaning we give it. It could be, yes, I have been feeling a little bit anxious. I have been feeling frazzled. And mm -hmm. then I look at Schumann's resonance or I look at the solar flares and I think, oh, okay, I can understand. Maybe that gives me a little bit of peace, understanding that I'm not going, cool that it's there's something out there happening but then it's what do i do with this energy and like you said you can dance with it i love that you can either allow it to to work through you and and say to yourself i'm going through an upgrade or i'm going through some form of healing or expansion rather than i'm about to choke someone right that yeah. energy is actually neutral like you just said it's like it's not out to get us it's extra energy it's what we do with it you know, so they have a solar flare approached from the right way can be an acceleration in our consciousness rather than uh, a feeling of anxiousness that we can try to excuse because the solar flare is happening, you know, so it becomes the same deal. So neutral energy and uh, but you're not going, people aren't going crazy with all this going on. There's a lot of stuff like that that's happening and it can make it difficult. So I do have understanding, excuse me, and compassion for that. Um, about what people are experiencing, but there's all kinds of changes happening in the field environment that aren't solar flares, right? Let's say a major event takes place on the planet. You know, it could be like the beginning of the war between Russia and Ukraine. Boy, that was a lot of wild energy going on that people were experiencing at that point in time. It was a major event happening and we could feel it. People could feel it like a stress wave rippling across the planet, you know? And so that's natural to, to be, having the uh, thoughts and feelings about it and for it to have some impact. And then again, we can learn to sort of ride the waves of change with a bit more poise and a bit more grace as these things unfold, because there's all kinds of events that are going to continue to happen in the world as we go through these times. It won't last forever, but there's a time period where we've got to, got to go through some stuff. It's got to balance out. COVID is a great example. You know, COVID was extremely tough. A lot of people in it a huge huge uh, pattern interrupt and inconvenience and then a lot of people found a deeper place within themselves as a result of it so it's both sides of the coin right mm. absolutely and did you want to talk a little bit about the detectors i know you have you monitor um the earth geomatic uh fields so you've got yeah. uh little like detectors all over the the world did you want to talk yeah, a little so bit about a, that a, yeah by the way where there's two parts of heart math the heart math institute you introduced me as a part of that and they're tied together there's two organizations one mission uh, officially i'm with heart math incorporated you know uh, but we've all been together a really long time it's just how structures unfolded right but on our nonprofit side the institute of heart math institute is a nonprofit. there's one initiative that they've had for a long time that i'm on the steering committee member of uh, it's uh, called the global coherence initiative and it's bringing people together from all around the world in heart focused care and intention to help shift consciousness from all the separations and biases and things like that to more harmony and cooperation and enduring peace now a lot of organizations are doing similar things we're just doing our making you know playing a part in that and making our contribution 
but we're scientifically based at HeartMath. Everything we do has got a scientific underpinning. So uh, our scientists working in consort with other scientists have developed technology, very sensitive technology that can measure subtle changes happening in the Earth's energetic fields. So it's looking at the geomagnetic field, ionosphere, et cetera. And uh, they have been uh, deploying global coherence monitoring systems and sites at different places around the world. And there are six or seven of them now in the various places. And all that information that those sites are taking in as they measure these fields is being sent back to the research labs here at our location in Northern California. And then data analysis is going on uh, looking at all the changes occurring in these fields. You can go to the heartmath.org website, click on the Global Coherence Initiative tab, and you can see some of the, uh, the graphs and charts and reports in real time that are actually happening from the, the sensor sites that are located around the world. The purpose of doing this is threefold. One is we want to make an academic contribution to better understanding the fields. Yeah, a lot is known about them. There's a lot unknown about them. So we can make an academic contribution. The second reason is we're doing a lot of research on better understanding how the fields affect us. And that's important research. And we're finding some very interesting things in that research of global synchronization amongst people all around the planet when there is something like a solar flare or something where it's not just individual, it's collective. It's happening all over the place. And you can measure it in changes in heart rhythms and synchronization in heart rhythms and a lot of different ways we look at that. The third way is pretty cool. And it's a hypothesis. The definition of a hypothesis is, you know, it's something you're looking at to see if the possibility is true. So you have to look at it very neutrally. You know, you're looking at it to see is this true or is it not true, right? Hypothesis is that mass human emotion, whether positive or negative, is actually having a measurable impact on the Earth's energetic fields. So all the thoughts and feelings of our 8B are actually contributing to changes occurring in the field. And that can be because of all the negativity and all the anger and the frustration and the upset, or it can be when people come together, you know, when things happen in a positive way. So we're looking at that. We're making correlations between major planetary events and what we see in the system. Nothing has been determined yet that would be anything that could be talked about or that I should talk about. Uh, it's rigorous science. As things begin to unfold, if there's reasonable proof of various things involved in this hypothesis, it would be published in research journals. And that's when it becomes official. But we, our belief is, is that, yeah, we're impacting these fields. We know the fields are impacting us. I'll use some just basic good old boy logic here and say, if they're talking to me, maybe I'm talking to them. You know, that there's a two-way communication happening between me and those fields and between all of humanity in those fields. It's a two-way communication happening, not just the fields impacting us because we had a solar flare. It's two ways. So that's what the Global Coherence Initiative is about. So at HeartMath, we're, we are trying to help people understand how to develop individual coherence within themselves, how to then expand that into their interactions and their social settings and their business settings so that more co social coherence emerges. And as that accumulates, it builds and builds and builds until a baseline shift happens and we have a more globally coherent existence here. And that's our game. That's what we do. That's amazing. And it is, it is, um, you, it must be so interesting and fascinating to look at the data and actually see that the shifts take place depending on the events that are taking place at the time. Yeah, I'm sure it is. They keep me away from that stuff. I'm, <laughs> I'll leave that to the real scientists. You know, I was, I'm a part of heart math and 
I've been here since its inception. So I, I got a pretty good understanding of the science, but we have real scientists that do that sort of work. And so That's I've got amazing. plenty of other things to do besides look at that data and let them handle that. So, um, but yes, yeah, fascinating work in general. I think most importantly though, I, I come back to some of my core and my roots and my mission in all this. It's not so much about the science. The science is absolutely fabulous to have. It's really about how do we, how do I help people find more of their, their, their connection to their own heart, you know, to this magnificent part of themselves that can and does you know, offer comfort in the midst of chaos and confusion, uh, a place inside ourselves that's intuitive. Uh, it's the birthplace of the emotional qualities that we want more of, the ones that are the most pleasurable, the ones that are most beneficial. How do I connect people to all of that? And the science is a, a way in which I do that. It's a bridge. Uh, that, that creates understanding at the end of the day it's you know simply stated i've been doing this a long time and it's over time things have gotten simpler is that i believe the purpose of life is to love that's why we're here so how do i love more how do i help other people love more it comes down to that for me and i use whatever tools that are available to me to to help with that and uh, by at the end of the day it's going to be about how much did I love or how much did I not love? That's going to be the measuring stick of my life and whether I made a contribution or not, or what kind of contribution I made. So that's, that's the game for me. That's beautiful. And it is, you know, we, 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 a lot of us look external of ourselves for love, for happiness when it's really, it's within us. It's about us uh, uh, just uh, um, spending that time with ourselves and allowing that spark to uh, expand um, from right. within. So I love the way that you described that. Well, Absolutely. I know time's getting short, but let me share another external quote. I usually don't do these things, but there's another one that, that when I saw it, I was watching a television show. It was a, a talent show. It's called America's Got Talent. I mean, you probably have Australia's Got Talent, you know, down there. And I was watching this show and this woman did say this one thing and I thought, oh my God, what a powerful statement. Well, I've seen other people felt the same way. I've seen people referring to that statement many times now, you know, and it was this, it was a woman, a young woman, beautiful young woman who came and sang a beautiful song. And at the end, they said, is that your song? She said, yes, it's about me and about my life and what I'm going through. And the judges said, well, what are you going through? And she said, I have terminal cancer. And, you know, the prognosis is, is that, you know, I'm going to die really soon. And the judges, of course, were high, you know, and they said, well, it's so courageous for you to be up here and, and to do that and to sing that way. And she said, you know, she said, you can't wait until life is okay until you decide to be happy. You can't wait until life is okay until you decide to be happy. And that's powerful. I mean, she's saying, I'm going to be happy no matter what. Life's not okay, but I've decided to be happy. And so I think there's a power in that message of like, whatever we have to go through individually during these times, collectively, societally, and globally. Uh, we're in this transition time and there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. And so whatever we do, we have to recognize that you said it earlier, which is what triggered the comment from me is that happiness is an in, is on the inside. You know, and the best way I know to develop qualities like happiness and to be able to make peace with things and all of that is through the heart. The heart's intelligence is the key from my experience to any and all of that. And so message to anyone listening to now is that learn to listen to and follow your heart know that there's an intelligence there it's not sweet it's not sentimental it's not something that was just written about by the ancients 
It's a powerful, magnificent intelligence that each and every person, including you, has. Learn how to make contact with that more and more. And there are tools and techniques that we have that others have that can help you with that. And then learn to listen and follow the intuitive guidance of the heart because it truly is your own best friend. And it's the most reliable guide you'll ever have, you know, to making the decisions you need to make big or small. Oh, that's so powerful. I've got uh, goosebumps. Thank you for sharing that. And it is true. Very, very true. I, I, something's popped up as you were sharing that story. Um, when, when we, when you say let's, let's, uh, invest time with the heart what are your thoughts about let's say somebody's gone through a lot of trauma in their life and they're still carrying that trauma in their heart um i always i mean this is my my way you've got to feel it you, you need to feel it to work through it and not to just push it down and pretend to be happy that nothing is is going on what, what are your thoughts around that when people are feeling that heaviness in their heart that trauma that that heavy emotional vibrational thing that's going on are they to sit with it, work with it, or just not feed it and just feed the that inner core happiness heart that you talk about? Well, I'm going to leave that answer up to professionals like you and others that do that sort of work, really, to answer the question. I'll give you a belief about it all. It's like, first of all, my compassion to anyone who's going through that, especially someone listening to our conversation now. And that can be hard. And I understand at the same time, the way through it is not to feed it all the time, not to try to figure it out, not to try to determine why and all of that. It's, it's okay to explore that some. Emotions should not be repressed. I agree with that. But there's a place in consciousness now in this new paradigm of consciousness that we're in where you can move through things quicker and where you can transform those type of feelings without repressing them and not having to revisit them all the time. And that takes some work and it sometimes requires professional help. And I you know, would suggest people that have that get whatever help you, you can get and need, but know that you can move past it quite faster than you may think. But those kind of feelings can be transformed now without the same logical linear step-by-step -step, climb the mountain till your feet are bleeding process. There's a faster way. You can begin to take the escalator, you know, to the top of that mountain. And that, again, comes from accessing the new consciousness that's around, and those changes can be made. I've seen it happen in many, many people. And uh, at the same time, it's not always going to be an overnight process. I'm not, I'm not suggesting magic bullet. What I am suggesting is there's a newness available now that can help us with deep trauma and help us move beyond some of the limiting beliefs that we've had about that that allow us to find the freedom within ourselves that has taken us to another place with it all where it still may exist, but it doesn't exist with the same impact. We're sort of riding above that wave of negativity and that wave of old belief and experiencing life in a different way. So of course I'm going to ask you the question, Howard, because I'm really curious now I'm thinking acceptance, except what is not judge what is uh, as a way to move past it. But now I'm curious and I'm sure our listeners are going to be curious. What is that thing that you speak about? About How do we again? fast track it without having to go through or repress it? It's a transformative process that happens with through the heart. You know, the heart's intelligence, you know, which is a combination of our intuition and the emotional qualities of the heart and even the physiological communication that's going on between heart and brain and the rest of the body is, is your transformative power. Uh, it's got the ability to transform much quicker, to dissolve a lot of density around various things to begin to reduce the significance 
of some of the issues that we have in our life. Uh, I've always felt that issues that I may have are not necessarily the really big problem. The really big problem is the amount of significance I'm assigning to them. How big a deal am I making of that? How much energy am I putting into that? The transformative power of our heart's intelligence can begin to slowly dissolve and reduce significance. I would suggest this to listeners right now. You can go to various things that HeartMath has, uh, their books and things like that. There's one in particular, a book that I co-authored with our founder, Doc Shouldery, uh, The HeartMath uh, Solution, which sort of, they people call it the book on HeartMath. It's been out for a long time, but it's, it was really successful. So 20 some years later, HarperCollins is still printing it, you know, which is almost unheard of <laughs> that a book lasts that long, but it does. In that book, there's a chapter on a technique called the cut through technique, C-U-T-T-H-R-U. It's a technique designed to help dissolve some of these longstanding emotional issues. They begin to take out the density and all of that. That can be very helpful. Another suggestion of something that's free, but can help people uh, get on the move with these things. It doesn't have the cut through technique in it, but it's got plenty of others. Go to the heartmath.com website, click on programs, and then click on the heart math experience. But what that is, is a nine chapter cinematic experiential course on heart math. And we don't charge for it. It's free. And it's something that I had a role in as the lead producer on it. It was labor of love. It was magic creating this thing. You're learning. You're not just taking a boring course. You're learning and it's pretty. You're seeing it cinematically. You're catching, you know, there's an energy that comes with it that does that. And in there, there are five heart math techniques. And we don't charge for it. We started out charging for it. The pandemic came. Our founder, Doc Childry, said, we need to start giving something away to people because they're home right now and they need some help and they got nothing to do. So I want you to give the heart math experience away. We started doing that. We let some of our colleagues, other authors, speakers, organizations know about it. They thought it was a great idea. They let their people know about it. And really quickly, within a period of two or three months, we had hundreds of thousands of people that had downloaded the access key for that thing, you know, so it's become huge. Um, it's on Gaia, you know, Gaia's down there. It's a Gaia purchased the license for me for that thing. It's been shown in film festivals. All this stuff happened because we gave it away. And it's there for anyone who's on your show, right? Listening to your show, go to heartmath.com, click on programs, click on the HeartMath experience, put in your email address, boom, you're in, you know, and you've got nine chapters with five heart math techniques that explains heart intelligence, explains the science, it gives you the techniques to practice. And I think it's beautiful. It's something that you will enjoy watching. And there's interviews in there with experts and a lot of things. That's my give tonight, you know, to say that, you know, that's there for you. And if you'll practice some of what you learn in those resources, you'll start getting on to ways in which you can begin to heal some of the deeper traumas in your life. Some of the old hurts, the old pains that, that you know you want to get past, but are just hard. And that's the best thing I could say right now is, is a, a give that I can make to, to people that are listening. Um, you don't have to be in trauma to benefit from these things. Uh, but if you are, there's some, some tools and resources there for you. Thank you so very much. We'll have those in the show notes. So Howard, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our uh, guest speakers uh, if they would like to leave three shiny golden nuggets for um, our listeners. And they could be like three hot tips or 
three to-dos, what would be those three for you? Three nuggets. So I'm on the spot now. Okay. First of all, recognize your, I've said this earlier, but I'm going to give it as a nugget. Recognize you're a good person. That you're doing the very best you can in a, in a world that can often be challenging at times. So please honor yourself for that and recognize the goodness that you have inside and have compassion for yourself at times. Number two, recognize that you have a magnificent intelligence that exists and has existed your entire life and is within every single human being and is called your heart. And there's an intelligence associated with that. It isn't sweet. It isn't sentimental only. It isn't just those, those kind of things. It's high speed. It's intuitive. It's really intelligent. And it can help you move right along through the game of life. That's your second tip. The third tip is this. If you want to grow, the best way to do it is to learn to put out more of the qualities of the heart to other people. To demonstrate more care, more kindness, more tolerance, certainly more compassion. And then to appreciate and have gratitude for the gift of life itself. The more you do that with a conscious intention, moment to moment, day to day, the faster you will grow. And that's your fast track to the new consciousness that's coming into the world that we have now. And those are my three nuggets. Thank you so very much and very powerful three shiny gold nuggets of that. Thank you so very much. Uh, we'll have all your uh, the links in the show notes for our listeners and um, and also any social media links that uh, will link you to Howard Martin. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your love and your wisdom. And, and it's been quite uplifting for me. And I know our listeners are going to love this interview and reach out to you. So thank you so very much. Well, let me give that back to you. Appreciate you a little bit, Catherine, for having a show like this. It takes time and energy for you to do this. People need to recognize that. And, you know, it's a labor of love, I'm sure, but it does take organization. It does take doing it. It does take your time as well. It's much earlier in the morning for you right now than it is for me in, in Northern California. So you're up early in your day talking to this hillbilly with an expanded vocabulary and about heart. And, um, uh, I appreciate you for that, for doing all that. So thanks for having me on your show, for thinking of me and for inviting me. And um, in closing, in addition to thanking you, I want to thank everybody who listens to this, wherever you are in the world, whenever you listen to it. Thank you for your time and attention. And my sincere heart says that I hope that there have been some things said today that have been meaningful to you and that can help you have the life that you truly deserve. Thank you so much. I felt that. I really felt that. So thank you so much for all your love and your wisdom, Howard. Uh, thank you for your time and energy. Thank you. Be well. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please click on share show with your friends to help make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to get involved is to click on follow show or leave a review on iTunes so that we can give you a shout out on the show. If you have been a long time listener of the show, you know we are big on delivering content that is valuable for you, content that will address your pain points. So if you have any questions or ideas for a podcast show, please reach out and we will create the content to meet your needs. Yes, you heard right. If you have topics, themes 
or special guests that you want to hear from, please send us a note to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will create a show especially for you. Wherever you are in the world, sending you love, blessings and peace. Namaste. Namaste.